This is Marriage to the Max, episode number 19. Hi, and uh, welcome to another episode of Marriage to the Max. I'm your host, Brett Hurst. And I'm Kelly Hurst. And we are both marriage educators, co-founders of Home Encouragement, and this Marriage to the Max podcast is designed to help you take your marriage to the next level. Our hope is simple, to encourage you in your marriage relationship. We believe healthy marriage should be a front-burner conversation. And speaking of healthy marriage, I am not bringing much to the table today because Poor thing. I'm just not healthy. You've had the bad Houston crud. Yeah, which uh, <clears throat> we were just in a conversation with Zach, our engineer, about um, just you know taking care of one another and so forth. And, mm-hmm. and you you said that you are you you described yourself as Florence Nightingale when I'm sick, and yeah. I'd, I'd love to hear you try to defend that. <laughs> Because I, you know, for the first, I say 72 hours, you say it's like 24 hours. Yeah, if that. It's totally 72 hours. But I, while you're sick for 72 hours, I am very nurturing. 24 hours. And I take care of you and I bring you all your medicine and make sure you're comfortable and everything. You're great for 24 hours. For 72 hours. And then at at some point, there's like this thing where I go, all right, get up. Will yourself well, let's get moving again, because the Florence Nightingale spirit has left me. That's right. And so. it's the second 24 hours has elapsed. That yeah, you are... I think it's 72. But uh, since you're on medication, I'm going to let you think it's only 24. Well, in today's episode, we're going to be discussing your communication IQ. Why don't you unpack that? Well, communication still tends to top the charts in terms of couples who want to improve their relationships. When we talk with couples, that's always one of the main things that they want to uh, improve on. Mm -hmm. And unless there's a couple that's like dealing with some very intense particular crisis or struggle, if you ask a couple in general, what do you want to work on communication? That everyone just instinctively, I think, knows that good communication skills are a real cornerstone to a healthy relationship. It's only going to help. And, Definitely. And it's quite typical for couples to struggle uh, with communication. Even people that are that maybe even communicate for a living, like us, <laughs> we can have our uh, struggles in communicating um, in the way that's going to help us best. Definitely. So, so maybe some things we want to talk about. Uh, one of the things we comment on frequently is that so much of communication is the ability to listen. Why is that so important? Well, uh, in Malcolm Gladwell's book, Outliers, he talks about the difference between the way Westerners communicate Mm -hmm. and the way Easterners communicate. And I think this is such a great point. And he talks about how linguistic experts have noticed a trend in Western culture that says that uh, we Westerners tend to be speaker oriented mm-hmm. meaning whoever's doing the talking in a in a conversation is the person who 
bears the weight of clarification. Mm-hmm. So if I'm talking to you, you know, I just I want to make sure as a Western thinker, you know, I tend to be, okay, I want to make sure Brett knows what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I want to be very clear in what I'm saying. But So if communication hasn't happened, then my tendency as another Westerner would be to say, well, that's your fault. You yeah, because I didn't clarify. You didn't say it clearly exactly. enough. Exactly. Right. But in Eastern culture – they look at it the opposite. They tend to be receiver-oriented. Mm-hmm. And so the burden is on the listener mm-hmm. to clarify and make sure they've understood. Right. And it's really fascinating in his book how he kind of breaks all this down. But um, so what we talk about in, in our communication workshops are really, ideally, you want to be both. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to be in a conversation where the speaker is making sure he or she is being clear. And coherent. And the listener is making sure that he's going, okay, I hear you saying this. Mm-hmm. You know, is that right? And if you've got both of those, then really that's utopia as far as communication mm-hmm. goes. So I think that's really interesting. Right. And kind of leads into what we want to talk about next is um, there's this idealism that we should be mind readers in our communication, particularly if we've been married for a long time or, uh, I don't know, do you think women have more of a tendency toward that idea than men do? I I don't want to throw our our gal pals under the bus, but I do think women have a tendency to fall into that trap a little more than men do because we think – he he should know me so well, you know, that he should know exactly what I'm thinking and feeling. And he might. He might know you well, but he can't read your mind. Yeah, exactly. And so what we talk about in classes a lot are that when I expect you to read my mind, I'm really setting you up to fail mm-hmm. because no one, I don't care how well you know somebody, can possibly know every thought and feeling that's going on in another person's head. Right. So it's and- important to really – you know, even even when you've been married 25 years and, you know, you know each other better than anyone else on the planet. Right. To be able to stop and go, I'm not totally sure I know exactly where they're coming from. That's fine. You, that's how we should be. And when you're as medicated as I am right now, I don't even know what's going on in my own mind, <laughs> let alone yours. The other, the other trap that people fall in is they tend to believe that the words I say are more important than the way I say them. And we talk a lot, uh, particularly in Married Life Prep, but in other uh, venues, that your nonverbal communication is more of a percentage of your communication package than your spoken words. 93%. Yeah, 7% of your communication package are the exact words that you're saying. Mm -hmm. And then, like, what is it, 50-something percent is your body language. Uh, 30-something percent is your tone of voice. Uh-huh. And so a lot you'll hear a lot of people sometimes, or we, we will when we're coaching with couples, and, they'll, and people will say they'll be kind of in the mire about how they communicate. Mm-hmm. And you'll typically hear one of them go, but that's not what I said. Uh-huh. What I said was so-and-so. But the other person was hearing it in such a way, maybe because of the tone of voice. Or they were rolling their eyes. Yeah. Or doing was, some type of contemptual expression. Yeah. And when you realize how much of a percentage the nonverbals contribute, that's when you realize. And it's like when I tell the story when our daughter was, you know, like 13-ish and she's in the studio with us. So she gets to hear this little comment. (laughs) When she was 13-ish and I would say to Sarah, you know, if she sassed me or something and I would go, Sarah, you know, I think you owe me an apology. And she'd go, sorry. (laughs) You know, that was the right word 
if you're getting technical, she spoke the right word, but the nonverbals were not communicating anything that I wanted her to communicate. So when you kind of break it down like that. <laughs> I didn't know you did impressions. Or anything. <laughs> so anyway, moving on. <laughs> Not giving her much of a chance to defend herself there. Without, she knows what without she a mic. No. <laughs> anyway, uh, another point that we like to uh, talk about is f- phrase it this way: "Help me help you communicate." So, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean like. I don't know what I mean by that. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I think you're saying, yeah. let's just practice our little active listening skills, exactly. is that when you're listening in a conversation, you can actually contribute to help the person be more clear by saying things like, okay, what? so do, do you mean by that this? So right. do I hear you correctly when you say this? You know, just throwing clarifying statements out as a listener uh-huh. can help because – and I'll never forget this. We we hosted a communication workshop once where we had a couple come up and they were our little guinea pigs. And we had them practice this active listening thing, which is where you mirror back, you know, right. what the person is saying. Kind of like a drive through window experience. Yeah, exactly, like a McDonald's. Yeah. And so we had them pick a little a – little, issue that they had in their marriage, which happened to be that the husband left his stuff out in the kitchen or workout or something like that. And so she says to him, I, it really frustrates me when you leave your things all over the kitchen table. Mm -hmm. And then we turned it to him and had a mirror and he goes, okay, so what I hear you saying is I'm a horribly, I'm a horrible person and a huge slob. Right. And everyone just died laughing, but but he was totally serious. That's exactly what he heard her say. Right. And so we had to like go back and go, okay, did she say that? Right. No, that's what you were interpreting her to say, you Perception know, based on history bit. and all that kind of stuff. Right. And so um, we can help as a listener someone to clarify, which I think is. And thank you for helping me communicate just oh, now because. You're so welcome. Again, I don't know what I'm saying exactly. <laughs> what about this next one? Well, just that it's important to choose your words very carefully, even though the word part, as we said before, is only. Seven percent of your communication, you know, the Bible's clear that the the tongue has a acerbic characteristic to it, and uh, some, sometimes we say things to hurt one another, mm-hmm. either consciously or unconsciously. And yeah. so it's always important to take responsibility for the actual words that you're saying. Yeah, and it's so much easier to just not go down the path of you know, bitter words than to have to go back and go, I'm so sorry I said mm-hmm. that. Because, you know, then it's now in the person's, the other person's brain. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and even if they are willing to forgive you, you've thrown it out there. It's And then it's you got to... all this repair work that you have to do. Yeah, exactly. Which brings up another point. Can you communicate without words? Obviously you can. We talked about that, but Anything else you want to say? Yeah, I mean, I think body language experts will tell you that there's all kinds of ways that you can just sit in a conversation in a way that's closed off or mm-hmm. it's communicating that you're not fully engaged. Or the other way around, you can sit in a way that's more inviting and open and yeah. uh, loving even. Definitely. Uh, you know, body, your the facial expressions that you have can com- communicate so much, even if you never say a word. Yeah, you know, John Gottman, who has studied marriage as much as anyone, maybe more than anyone, uh, always makes that audacious claim that he can sit with a couple within, you know, 15, 20 minutes, determine with 96% accuracy whether that couple is going to thrive in their marriage or mm-hmm. not. And uh, 
a lot of times what he's looking for are the little subtle touches. So, for instance, even if they have a, a very high conflict style of mm-hmm. communication. Disagree but, a lot. And they disagree a lot. And they're even yelling and raising <clears throat> their voices. But if they're kind of maybe doing little nuances like putting their hands on each other's shoulder, no, honey, I'm, it's, it's really this way or something, mm-hmm. that that can do a lot of good to counter maybe the high conflict style or the even screaming and so forth. Yeah, because they're communicating love right. even if they're disagreeing on a particular topic. That's right. And obviously you can disagree and be very much in love. We are living proof of that. <laughs> and you are listening to Marriage to the Max. Welcome back to Marriage to the Max, and we're continuing our conversation about your communication IQ. You like a particular quote from Stephen Covey uh, that you throw out a lot when it comes to communication. What is that? One of his habits is to seek first to understand and then to be understood. And I think that's so wise. We live in a culture where it tends to be just the opposite. People want to have, they want to be heard and understood first Mm -hmm. before they're willing to sort of listen and give that listening grace to the the other person. Mm-hmm. So that idea is really kind of counterintuitive to where we live. And sometimes with this kind of idea, you've got to actually stop long enough, which is hard in our culture of busyness and fast pace and everybody wants what they want right now and right. instant gratification and all of that. You've got to be willing to stop for a moment and go, okay, I can put my comments and my part of the conversation on hold because I really want to hear and understand where you're coming from. Mm. And then I feel like you'll be willing to hear and understand me. So mm-hmm. it's kind of it's kind of a biblical mindset, really, when you think about it. It's putting someone else first. So you're serving even in how you communicate one to, to one another. Definitely. Very good. What about owning your own feelings? Well, we think that's an important concept in communication. What? Yeah, that's hard to do, especially when you're in conflict uh-huh. because – Anxiety rises and, you know, you might be in an emotional kind of heated conversation. And it's difficult, particularly if your partner is upset at something that you've done. Mm -hmm. Um, It's difficult to not sort of 
collapse together and wear each other's anxiety Mm -hmm. and frustrations. Sometimes you have to kind of just kind of stand in the moment and maybe even take a deep breath and realize, okay, I'm just going to be responsible for what I'm feeling right now. I don't have to take on. I can love you and Mm -hmm. support you with what you're feeling, but I'm just going to own my own stuff right here. And I think when you do that and you communicate in a healthy way, you can really kind of move forward together. Keeps things from getting more burdensome and more... Uh, complex. Right. Yeah. Also, um, I think it's important. We talk about grace all the time. And emotional communication can be loaded, obviously, mm-hmm. and sometimes detrimental. But but on the other hand, we are emotional being, beings. We do have feelings. Uh, there are days when we're not at our best, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm not today. <laughs> and so when you're not feeling great, let's say, you can express things in an emotional way that maybe is not mm-hmm. as sensitive as, as you might. Right. You might have a short fuse for whatever reason. Maybe you've had a super stressful day. So this would be another opportunity to extend grace to another so that if somebody does emotionally blow up or say something insensitive or, or even crude to just kind of give each other a free pass. Yeah. How important is that? I think that's big because when you're in marriage, you're in for the long haul. There's going to be a lot of those times mm-hmm. when you, you know, cross your partner, you say something you didn't mean, you blow up when you really wouldn't have on any other day. Right. And if you're not used to giving each other some of that space and grace, uh, it'd be a short short trip. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's uh I think that is one of the things that we could look back over the 25 26 years of our marriage and say this is this is progress we could very tangibly chart as mm-hmm. we give each other far more grace in every succeeding year than we did in the previous year. Yeah, I think that's true too. And then the last one that we have is just to remember that generally speaking and we never want to like pigeonhole men and women too much on this, but generally speaking, yeah, men speak uh, a lot fewer words than women do, typically, not Uh in every relationship. I mean, we know a lot of, you're a highly verbal guy. Right. So, But I do a lot of that verbal stuff at work, so I'm kind of worn out, but sometimes when I get home. Yeah. And that's kind of typical for a lot of men. You know, Uh they work and they utilize their whole library of conversation. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of times they get home and they don't really feel like engaging in conversation. Well, you can imagine like, say, a stay-at-home mom who's raising kids at home and maybe she's (laughs) had no adult conversation at all all day long. So when he comes home, she's like, hey, (laughs) let's talk, let's engage. And, you know, she's not, she's taking it personally that he doesn't want to you have conversation with her. So is decompression time in that kind of situation important, you know, let's say for the husband or the wife that comes Yeah, whoever's, yeah. yeah, when you're re-entry. I think that is important, and different temperaments need that more than others. Uh-huh. I think where we get into trouble is when, you know, let's say, let's just say, for example, a man comes home and says, you know, I need like just a half hour to just kind of like decompress whatever. Right. And he either goes in his man cave or he gets on the computer or he watches, you know, sports or something. And then that 30 minutes turns into yeah. two hours and three hours. Not and then they trend. haven't had any communication or engaging at all. Mm-hmm. Then you move into that kind of troublesome area. Right. Well, we constantly uh, are reminding couples that all of the latest research shows that relational skills are indeed learned skills. And that's good news for all of us because, truthfully, none of us are natural-born experts at Mm -hmm. relationships. So Mm -hmm. if you ever see 
somebody on the internet that says we are an expert at relationships <laughs> run uh, because we've, we're all figuring this out along the way. We don't come out of the womb knowing how to do relationships well. So there's this learning curve that we're, we're working with together as a as a learning community. But it is good news to know that if communication is an area of your marriage that is currently lacking, know that this is something that can change. There is always mm-hmm. room for improvement. So, uh, you know, reading a good book, taking a class, just practicing healthy communication skills with your partner, you'll be surprised uh, at how high your communication IQ uh, might get if you're willing to learn. Well, if you'd like to contact us, you can find us at marriagetothemax.org, and you can also check out homeencouragement.org, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at thehearse at homeencouragement.org, and my wife always says, please follow us on Facebook (laughs) and Twitter. So until next time, remember, healthy marriage, healthy world, and hopefully I'll be healthy too. God bless (laughs) y'all.